Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who fully acknowledge that misery loves company. So welcome aboard, Pittsburgh. When you eat lunch, do you ever eat lunch in your car? Like uh, Namdi Asamoa? Like if you like if you go out to get like lunch break for for work or whatever and you eat you have to eat in your car by yourself i don't drive to work but if i had to then yeah i would okay if you were what seat in the car would you sit in the driver's seat the passenger seat or in the back seat passenger you would sit in the passenger seat i would why because that would give me the maximum amount of space to move back and I could flip the seat down and presumably take a nap if I needed to. If you're eating lunch? Okay. Then I am, I guess I'm out of the norm for that. I saw, I saw somebody sitting. I guess maybe you could sit in the back seat and have like a little area to put your, your lunch and stuff. I, I just sit in the driver's seat. I, I, I don't know. But then you got the fucking wheel in your way. I guess. Yeah. I just. I feel like there's a lot more effort of moving around if you're just you just get the food you eat and get it out of there. I saw somebody; it blew my mind. Like I, I saw somebody. I don't know. That's the, my natural reaction is passenger okay. seat because I, I that gives me maximum spread out room, and I'm all about yeah. Out. I, I, I guess I, I I saw somebody like a week ago sitting passenger seat, like and I was just like oh, I guess their buddy is like inside doing something. And then I saw the same person today sitting passenger side again, eating their lunch. And I was like, I just wanted to walk up and be like, hey, man, I I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I, but I, I will. Know what, what are you he's doing? doing. Like, he's what, getting that space. Get... He's, he's stretching out. I I guess so. I, I thought I was losing my mind. I did not know I had feelings about where you should sit while eating lunch in cars, but I, I guess I do. I did not know. Thank you to that random guy for showing me the way. Maybe I'll do that next time. I'll just park park the car, get out, carry my food to the other side, or just put it on the other side of the car and then get in the passenger side and just start eating. Well, I, here, here's the other thing. You seem to be presuming that he went out for lunch in the first place, but most likely he just brown bagged it, took it to the car. It, this, uh, this instance, it looked like he was, and I could be mistaken, it did look like a Big Mac or something of McDonald's. Nick okay. If you drive out to pick up the lunch, then you get out and go to the passenger seat. I'll agree. That's stupid. Okay. But if you're just going into the car because you want some solitude, you want to get the hell away from work. You're going passenger side. I'm going passenger side. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that that's. I'm glad I brought it up because I was under the assumption that this Nimrod was crazy and we were just going to mock him for about an hour on this podcast and then just call it a day. But uh, I think there's a method to the madness here. All right. Shout out. 
shout out to the random lonely guy that works in my place that I don't know his name that we'll never know about the podcast. <laughs> shout out to the random lonely guy. I'm Steve. This is Craig. This is Flyperbole. And the Philadelphia 76ers have lost to the Boston Celtics. And as a person who is doesn't have that much vested interest in the Sixers, that was a very painful loss. As somebody who just won the C plus, it's a painful series. Yeah, yeah, yeah they could have they could have won a couple of those games. And, uh, they they didn't. In case you didn't know, so I just the big thing is we just want to see Boston lose at every possible level at this point because you talk about a city that went tortured for years and then just went from tortured to winning everything and really just did, they celebrate in the most obnoxious way possible yeah. you want to see them lose as much as possible yeah i wonder if uh you think uh you think philly might be pushing up on the uh lowly sports team the dynasty thing i mean they got the eagles the sixers look pretty good flyers and phillies are both kind of having successful rebuilds yeah Although I, I I'm think... hoping in a couple of years we can talk about these various processes uh, working very well and we can be those obnoxious assholes. That would be the dream. Yeah, I feel like uh, uh, it's jumping to conclusions that the Flyers process has worked, so I won't I won't say that, but the Sixers one looks like it has and the Eagles obviously has, even though... We're going to have a lot of talk about this Flyers process because there are still a ton of moving parts with this thing and yeah. uh, rebuilding a hockey team is no easy task, yeah. but... A lot of thoughts on that, a lot of thoughts moving forward, and we will get into that shortly. But I wanted to just have one more, you know, just enjoy Boston uh, losing, even though the Celtics won tonight. The Bruins did lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I was oh so happy about that. Mostly because the Bruins have uh, the guy who might be the biggest asshole in the league. Oh, at the, the moment? Uh, yeah. At the moment, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right? I, I think so. I don't think there's a bigger one in the league right now. So unless you would like count. No, I mean, definitely. Unless you want to like factor in Evander Kane or Patrick Kane off the ice, but on the ice. No, I'm talking strictly on, on the, the ice. ice oh, Brad Marchand. It, I don't even think it's close. If you're licking people on the ice, I think you're the biggest asshole on the ice. Yeah, he I just I really want to know. Like, I, I get I get it from the standpoint of fucking with people. Because it certainly has fucked with a lot of people. I don't get it from the standpoint where you're like, you know what needs to happen? I need to start putting my tongue on people. I don't know how he got to... I, I think there are a million ways he could have messed with people before he got to tongue on a sweaty face. <laughs> like, I think there's 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 a, there's some middle ground there where you don't have to put your saliva on another person. Unwillingly. I don't know. I feel like there's there's got to be something there, right? Uh, oh, there's gotta be and call him like a pet nickname or uh, i don't know so it's, it's just something between well, you know and the way how it was you know a huge deal throughout the league people just going like what the hell is wrong with this guy and then yeah. the way he came out in that that game against tampa and blatantly licked ryan callahan oh my god the one on cal like the Komarov one like the one on Callahan, he just he didn't even care where he was putting the tongue. He oh got no, like that was nostril. a show. That was a hundred percent a show for the public. Yeah, he got like nostril. He got like upper lip. Like that was just a straight up. I uh, I don't even know. Like he licked him down like a, a cat or something. <laughs> yeah, 
But I mean, it, you know, to his credit, it did work, and it threw the lightning off their uh, their game plan, and the Bruins won that series. So I mean, it was all worth it in the Craig, long run. To Craig, do that. the Bruins didn't win that series. Oh, they didn't. Oh, they got smoked in five. They got smoked they in five. They lost four straight after the rusty lightning didn't show up in game one. That's crazy. That that's who would have seen that coming. Yeah, who would have thought that was going to happen? Hey, but you know, Oops. today was locker cleanup day, which is everybody's favorite day. And uh, according to reporter uh, Fluto Shinzawa, uh, Brad Marchand said he needs to take a look in the mirror. I've got to cut that expletive out. Presumably shit. No yeah. shit, Sherlock. Of course you got to cut that shit out. <laughs> Literally everyone has told you you got to cut that shit out. You're the last one to realize. Did they have an intervention? Was it an always sunny style intervention where they're just yelling <laughs> intervention and throwing shit at them? <laughs> Just like throwing like uh, toothbrushes and like listerine at them, just like but <laughs> go on, just cut it out. I did enjoy uh, the Montreal Canadian subtweet at him. Did you see that? I think I missed that one uh, about how uh, licking is also outlawed on the golf course. Like, the, and then they like displayed a rule of uh, a listing of golf rules, I believe. And then Brad Marchand responded to that. So that was pretty. Uh, I thought that was the best part of this whole. I don't know, this whole thing's pretty weird. Like, I... Pretty goofy. Yeah, uh, just, uh, like, the fact Jeez, that it's Henry. a reoccurring, like, thing feels like uh, it it shouldn't be a reoccurring thing. Right, it's a very odd thing to be a reoccurring thing. And again, it, it's for the sake of being an asshole and, and freaking people out. And it's... Does, does anybody want to be licked by a random person? No. No, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the big thing that goes into it. So, <laughs> like, Bruins are... Bruins are in a weird spot too. I feel like they are. They have a lot of really good young players like McAvoy and DeBrusque and Heinen and uh, and Donato, but they also have a bunch of really important pieces that are getting old. I mean, like Chara's Chara, got to be like seventy, right? Chara is seventy. Uh, Bergeron is up there. Marchand's getting up there. Uh, like Pashnuk's young too, but they like oh, like that top like Bergeron, Marchand, and Chara are all pretty important. Pretty important pieces. Tuka Rask really isn't that young either. He isn't. I was actually surprised at how old he was when I looked it up the other day. I think he's 31. Yeah, I mean, he's been... Because I remember he was uh, he was the goalie in that, that 2010 series, if I remember correctly, for the, the Bruins. So he's yeah, he's been around for a minute. So Chara uh-huh. is actually... he You know, he isn't 70 but uh, he was yes, born in the surprise. 70s. He was born in the 70s. Uh, let's see. Uh, 40, he's 40. Isn't he 41? He's yeah, 41. He's getting, 41, okay, yeah. Yeah, so he should theoretically, in hockey terms, die next year. <laughs> uh, Bergeron, Bergeron was a... Uh, God, how old was Bergeron? I'm looking at all these up right now. Yeah, was he a 2003 draft pick? He was 2003, wasn't he? So then he would be... 18, uh, 33, 34, 32, 32. Okay. Uh, then Marshan, <laughs> I forget when, well, Marshan's probably, uh, he's, he's just late 20. He's, he's not really, uh, too, too old yet, I believe. And Brad Marshan is 29. 20. Yeah. So, I mean, still not, not really young though. No. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know what they want to do. Moving forward, they, I, I don't even know if they have other big name prospects coming up. Well, they have Zach Senishin and uh, Jake Zaboral, who are 
the two of the three first round picks they had in 2015 when they incorrectly picked a bunch of guys. <laughs> picked those three guys before, like <laughs> Matt Barzal and Kyle Connor and Brock Besser and guys like that. So remember when they could have had Travis Konechny? And Travis Konechny, yeah. Like they, they, Jake DeBrusque is a fine player. Uh, they missed a lot of big names in the 2015 draft. And they traded Dougie Hamilton. They get three in a row in the middle of that first round. They, uh, they, they're going to get Jake DeBrusque out of it. So Zach Seneshin is fine. He, he was with the Greyhounds. Like he was on Frost Jr. team and they were pretty good last year. But he, I don't think he's, uh, I, I don't think he's supposed to be anything spectacular. Like maybe like a middle six guy, but he's not supposed to be anything. He's not going to have the same impact that like a Connect near Besser or Parzal would have. So that was a uh... yeah, good job, Don Sweeney. Also, all the trading that like we like I said like yeah no like we said with the uh, getting Rick Nash and Nick Holden and oh Nash worked out Sonny great, Brian fantastic Jan. trade. Uh, yeah, so it all yeah it all worked out in the end. They uh, won a game in the second round. So it was, they it was hoisted pretty... that cup again, and it was all worth it. <laughs> yeah, they almost blew a three-one series lead around one, and then they uh, got their lunch fed to him in the second round. So it was uh, some, just some good GM work right there. And as good. satisfying as that Boston loss was, it still didn't have anything, anything on the other big loss that recently happened. Oh, baby, let's talk about it. Let's no three-peat. The three-peat is dead. The Pittsburgh Penguins have finally lost to Alex Ovechkin in the Washington Capitals. I've never, ever been so happy about a Capitals win, and I will never, ever be happy about a Capitals win like this again. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I was yeah. overjoyed. I was so happy when that goal squirted by Matt Murray. It just, uh <laughs> to not have to see the Penguins hoist the cup again is a thing of beauty. Yeah, and by wow. the way, that, I mean, the second one wasn't great, but it was because Nets off on a breakaway. That first goal, man. Oh, boy. That that Shazon goal was pretty bad. That was pretty leaky. I mean, I'm just going to say, Marc-Andre Fleur is not letting that goal in. That's all. I'll just <laughs> put that out there. But oh, that I, makes it so much better. The fact that Fleury is just dominating in Vegas and the Pens lost a, a closely, con- a tightly contested series like that. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the Caps, I the Caps overall were the better team in that series. Like, by a, a, a fair amount, but they, I thought they were definitely going to caps it up. I mean, last night's or Monday night's game went into overtime. They, they were extremely play. close to capsing it up. They, right? they dominated that game. They shut the Penguins down defensively. Latang got a shot go on off of uh, Chandler Stevenson, and then it's a tie game. But they, they really didn't get the Penguins anything, and they still could have lost that game somehow. And then they would have been going back to DC demoralized so it, it was still there but luckily because uh, Nassoff uh, slid at home and then he uh, paid tribute to uh, Nick Foles and the boys by uh, flapping his wings in the corner and uh, yeah it was beautiful it was nice to finally see Penguins fans upset it's nice to see Penguins fans uh, it, or some of them moving towards rooting for the Golden Knights because it's kind of like a it's I don't know it's just funny it, it's funny to me that they are like still obsessed over Mark andre Fleury, even though Matt Murray uh, is only going to be two for three in cup runs this year. Obsessed. Like after this. Yeah. Yeah, they really, I, it's, it's fascinating. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there was a poll, I think there was a poll two months ago, and I don't even know if we ever even talked about it, but 
it was uh, which Penguins number deserves to be retired more, uh, Mark Andre Fleury or Yarmar Yager? And I think the poll was like fifty three percent Fleury. <laughs> it's like okay, well, cool. Yarmar Yager who had some insane seasons in Pittsburgh in the he was role. amazing. He was phenomenal. Like, and, the team. <laughs> and the thing about Flurry is he's always been an outstanding regular season goalie, but there was what a four year stretch where he was horrendous. He was easily the worst playoff goalie in the league. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like laughable. Like uh, the 2012, 2013. And um, I, I mean, I think he had bad moments in 2014 too, if I remember correctly, but he, yeah, he, I, I don't know what's going on this postseason. But he's, he's whatever definitely... got into him, whatever he's eating, whatever supplements he's taking in. What did I say that um, <laughs> whatever got into him? It, it's making for a great story out in Vegas. I, I don't know how much I'm rooting for them to go all the way. I, I love the first year franchise really going for it and succeeding like they have been. But yeah. uh, and the same token it's still a team that employs James Neal and has uh, yep. Marc-Andre Fleury. And frankly, Penn's fans are yeah, co-opting this team for their purposes and uh, screw that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's, I, I see, I think that's funny because it's like, it's Penguins fans wishing that they still have those guys, but they're kind of dumb and not realizing that they need to move on for them too. They really need to move on. Yeah, to get these to get these couple wins, so I'm I'm fine with that. What's your your rooting interest at this point with the remaining teams? So I was happy for the Caps for about sixteen hours, if that. And then I, I, yeah, and then I moved on to wanting the Lightning to win. So I think for me, the Caps are the the, the I can't have the Caps win. I can't have the Caps win just because I went on Facebook. Unfortunately, you know, RFA me. I went on Facebook the night uh, they won, and all these people from high school that never, I, you know, never showed interest in hockey or like they used to make fun of hockey. Were like, hell yeah, caps! And I'm like, all right, well, where was this? <laughs> I didn't see any of this back when we were growing up. So I guess, you know, just typical like Baltimore fans just jump on the bandwagon. So I uh, can't really afford them to win the cup and then hear about it after uh, they jumped on the team like a month ago. So I'm going to go with the Caps being the team I want to see win the least. And then honestly, like I, I think the Golden Knights is the only one of the other four teams remaining that I wouldn't be too excited about. Like the pre- I want to see the Predators win. I really like to see the Jets win. And I love the way that Tampa's built and how they play. And I, I think teams should kind of build their teams the way Tampa has with drafting and developing and just pretty much adding another ridiculous player each year because of where you draft them and how you develop them. So I, I'm fine with any of those three teams. Uh, I guess the, I I just like the Predators a lot. I like to see the Predators win. I think they're first for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I love that Nashville (laughs) fan base, man. There, there is nothing like in the NHL. Yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to see just all those pundits who hate PK Subban lose their minds. Like, yeah, they can. I want to see it so bad. I don't know. You know, it's weird. PK Subban is getting, he got booed in Winnipeg and he also got, uh, I believe he got booed in Colorado too. I can't quite put a finger on why he's, uh, why he's getting booed everywhere. (laughs) Kind of like, I can't figure out why the 
Boston Celtics uh, fan base's favorite player is Aaron Baines right now. I don't know why. No, I can't figure it out. But makes you think. Uh, yeah, it makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I would like to see PK win one just so Mark Bergman can suck it and all the haters can suck it. Uh, and also just because I mean the Predators are a pretty good team too. I like Phil Forsberg a lot. I like Ryan Johansson a lot. Uh, Pekka Rene has gotten dunked on a lot over the last couple of years. I think it would be nice for him to come up big. I mean, I thought get Phil Forsberg again. Oh boy. Uh, there was a trade a couple of years ago. Uh, there was a guy that was like decent at hockey, decent at best, uh, Martin Erat, and uh, the uh, Caps just traded him pretty much straight up. That was one of those trades that you knew immediately was just bad. Like there was nobody that took the capital side. Not one nobody, person. Yeah, no, nobody was like, hey. Maybe he'll help out. Everybody was like, yeah, we, we, we're going to need Philip Forsberg down the line. That was a horrendous trade. And sure enough, Philip Forsberg uh, had a pretty nice breakaway goal and scored between his legs last night. So maybe. Keep I imagine that Predators that guy, team. Imagine that guy on the Caps team right now. And, you know, the Caps, to the Caps' credit, too, I I was I was saying it back in, like, February and March where I, I don't I – didn't, this team isn't as deep as they have been in the past and they're not as skilled as they have been in the past and they don't dominate territorially as much as they have in the past but they I mean they they mark hundred it up like they just kind of mucked it up and found a way to beat Pittsburgh and they beat Columbus and you know this all could have been their postseason could have been completely different if uh, Lucky Bouncing and going off Lars Eller in game three of the opening round to double overtime that was kind of a Fortuitous bounce to make it 2-1 instead of 3-0 Columbus. And ever since then, they've been 8-2, uh, and two and they've been playing pretty well. Uh, so you got to give them credit. I mean, it also does help that they put Holpe in. So he's been playing pretty well as well. And uh, It's almost I, as if they if they had gone with the more talented goalie out of the gate, they might have struggled a little less. Yeah, but I'm happy that the, the Cavs and the Devils ever thought it. So it was funny to me. Uh, also, I, I mean, I, I mean, I picked against them in the first two rounds and so far they're the only two series I've picked incorrectly, but I, I, I think I got to pick against them again in the conference final. Like I, I think Tampa's too deep. Like the Penguins were, the thing with the Penguins and the Caps was just like the, this series and the last series, the cat the Caps played better. It was just last year, hopefully didn't look too great and the Penguins got bounces and their power players on fire and all this. Uh, this year, I mean, it was the, the Penguins. I think a bunch of the Penguins are hurt. I think, well, Malcolm was hurt. Malcolm was playing hurt. And why was Malcolm hurt? Who? What happened <laughs> to cause Malcolm? Are you telling me that Gerald Yuri Laterra is the primary reason that the Penguins lost? Is that what you're telling me? Because that's yeah, what it sounds like to me. What happened was, is Malcolm, you know, the innocent, loving Russian that he is was just going into the corner to get the puck. He was like, excuse me, Yori, I'm going to try and get this loose puck. Uh, best of luck to you. And then uh, Yori got really pissed, and he th- he took out his own legs and fell on the Malkin's leg, like his knee. And it, it, it messed up Malkin's leg. And it was, it was pretty unfortunate. You know, nobody was trying to do anybody harm there. And... It was just, it's a sad thing to see when you see a Lady Bing, who should be a Lady Bing finalist every year, I should say, in Afghani market, go out with an injury like that. So it's, it's pretty unfortunate. Uh, Let's hang. Crying shame. 
Yeah, I think Latang was suffering from being a big baby all year long. I think Kessel had a problem. Like there, uh, big they, babyitis think, is a very serious yeah, disease. Being a big piss baby, like he had some, he had something going on. But I do love baby. God, Latang had a fucking atrocious postseason, and I love. And he was on the, the ice for the winning goal, right? Oh, was he ever? God, it was. <laughs> it was. He was on the ice for a lot of game-winning goals again. He had that. Uh, he had that. Uh, great play in game three that let Ovechkin score in the final 65 seconds or whatever. So he, great postseason from Tang. My personal favorite as a Flyers fan. Uh, and he, he's just, man, he's one of those guys. Like going into the Flyers series, I said that, uh, you know, the 2012 series could be relived by two guys. If the, you know, the Mike Sullivan has kind of, he's put the Penguins past that, but. I thought Malkin and Latang could be two guys that if you if you talk to them enough, they would freak out and do stupid shit. And Malkin really didn't do anything dumb. Latang though, man, he's been salty. He was salty all postseason, and he's he's got a great contract too. Yeah, yeah, he's. Do you know what that uh, contract? It, do you know how much longer that contract goes? I do not. He did. He did put up points, but he just he played horrendous defensively. But Craig, I'd like you to guess in which year Chris Latang. <laughs> Christopher Latang's contract ends. Okay, Pierre. Uh, <laughs> Dog and Eddie. Um, I'm gonna say. He always says Christopher Latang. It drives me nuts. Let's see. He's like he's like 28, 29 now too, right? He's 31. 31. Okay, never mind. Um, I'm gonna say he's got six more years then. His contract expires in 2022. Okay, At a so seven two five cap hit. Ooh. <laughs> that's the good stuff right there yeah we'll see i think the positive thing is is uh, uh jake gensel is eventually gonna have to get paid real american money and they already pay a lot of money to four guys on the penguins and they're eventually gonna have to pay matt murray too so like the secondary players they already have uh who are guys just small guys that are quick and should, you know aren't really that great NHL ellers to start with they're gonna have to they're going to have to cut back on those guys now too, or they're going to have to move on the big names. And uh, I mean, they talked about it. They were talking about it last year, a little bit that they might have to think about Trey Latang because he, I mean, they won without him and he's making that much money. And you know, teams were terrible contract. It's a pretty bad contract. I, yeah. I mean, that's, I also did not realize that Justin Schultz was making 5.5. Yeah, Justin Schultz is making a little bit. In Latang's defense, though, the, the Latang Dumlin pairing was really good this year. It's just he, man, he just had a rough postseason. That that was yeah. All I, that was. I guess the it's biggest a, is issue tough. is you know it's he's already thirty one and he's got a few years left on that contract. He's not going to be getting any better unless he gets the right. the miracle Claude Giroux regular season uh, treatment there. Yeah, well, he's not going to be playing with Sean Couturier anytime soon. Or at least I hope not. <laughs> if Sean Couturier starts playing defense on the Penguins, which... That was my... Sounds like a stretch was, in a, a number of ways. <laughs> that was one of my crazy... Uh, somebody threw that out there on Twitter a couple years ago that I talked myself into thinking was a rational idea that Sean Couturier could play defense. Like, somebody was like, why don't they just put Couturier on defense? And I was like, why don't they just put Couturier on defense? <laughs> got the reach plays defense pretty well you know he's probably able to shut down rushes i don't, I don't know just just putting it out there but uh pretty glad he stuck with offense uh 
Just speaking a little of, glad. Just a little glad. Yeah. Speaking of Drew, though, should we talk about there? There are a couple of Drew topics to talk about right now. You want to uh, talk the, about the one from WIP? Yeah, we can start with that one, and then that will kind of play into the second one. But uh, so WIP, uh, the station. KYW, it doesn't matter. I I don't know anything about WIP honestly. I barely know anything about the fan anymore. All I know is that Mike Miz and Martinez are on the fan. And then you always say the guy from WIP, but I, it, the Cuz is on WIP, right? The, the Cuz is on the Fanatic now. Oh, he's on the Fan. Okay, so see, that's yeah. come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't it. listen to sports talk anymore. <laughs> I, I know the Cuz is on the Fanatic. All I know about sports talk is what I hear from my coworkers who are listening to sports talk all day, and I I love that they'll refer to it as I was listening to sports talk radio. I'm like, but which station? <laughs> yeah. not that it really yeah. matters but it's it's just funny to just to refer to it as a blanket sports talk radio when there's two major stations like if you yeah. if you said this back when you know when i was a kid yeah it'd be wip but the fanatic has a pretty good footing at this point when when did the fans start the fanatic yeah you keep calling it the fan it, it, it's the fanatic my friend it's okay, big difference so, big difference so sorry. Um, my apologies. well well, I'll give you a little bit of my insider history on this one. Uh, in about a decade ago, you can't switched... hear this, by the way, but I'm rolling my eyes very hard. right. I know now. that's that's what I'm going, going for. for I'm, I'm okay, glad okay. you are. I'm glad you are, because <laughs> I mean this very tongue in cheek. But okay. about a decade ago, when I inter when I interned over at uh, hot shot, Philly hot Sports shot, Radio 950. They uh they had changed over to sports like pretty recently at that point. And then around this time, uh again a whopping decade ago, I'm aging myself here, but um that's when ESPN bought them out, and then I forget when they they expanded to the FM band and uh ninety seven five, but that was when they, they kind of took a leap there. Oh, okay. All right. So let's say a decade. By the way, I'm just reading now that the Eagles signed Matt Jones. Do you remember him? He was with the Redskins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I he get cut because he was fat? Uh, but who knows? You but, might be thinking okay. of uh, a number of other fat running backs. Yeah. Um, namely, Eddie Lacy. But yeah, I remember WIP. Like, I remember WIP way back. Like, uh, we used to, when we would drive up from Maryland for games, then we'd drive back. We listened to WIP before it got out of range so i like i remember wip i remember that very distinct like 610 wip call that they used to have and then i just i never yeah i did it right yeah yeah yeah. i'm uh, sorry for the confusion here i thought i mixed it up with the kyw news radio 1060 calling you know because philadelphia radio just leaves that impact yeah (laughs) no but no you had it um and i just i i was gonna say i don't think i heard of the fanatic until at least college, so that's why I was I was curious. And that 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 timeline that that all makes sense. So anyway, WIP uh, on top of hockey as they always are. Violation. And after no, that's the um, fanatic. Yeah, that's the fanatic. <laughs> that's Mikey Miss. <laughs> Mike and the uh, Flyers violation. Uh, of course, taking cues from Marcus Hayes and his article about how Claude Drew said the fans are the reasons why they lost or whatever. Very uh, informed on hockey, Marcus Hayes. He watches every yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he the the WIP poll question in a tweet was, 
After his minus 10 performance in the playoffs and criticism of the fans, what should the Flyers do with Claude Giroux? And the three options, Steve, were trade him, strip the C, or keep him. I want you to guess what percentage said keep him. So out of three options? Three options. I would hope it would be a minimum of 30%. It, it did reach 30. It did reach 30. How high did it go? 39. I mean, 39%. So that was uh, 61%. Either wanted to trade him or strip the C. How many people do you think wanted to trade him? Uh, out of those three options, I'm thinking... So 39% was for keep him. Yeah. Uh, let's say about uh, 32 trade him. 36. And then 25 went with the classic strip to see. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, we've, been, yeah. we've been pretty much but, on that since uh, the day he was given the C. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, Letters we... weighing him down too much. He's not as good offensively with all that pressure. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, pretty cool poll. That guy oh, scored 102 cool points. Guy scored 102 points and was uh, misquoted in the paper. Should be uh, should be dealt immediately. So I think I feel like there is just a segment of this fan base that just does like not maybe they're the silent majority who doesn't it isn't on social media, but they just silent, fucking hate silent, Drew. Silent majority. <laughs> they hate Drew because he's the face of this uh, whatever you want to call it, the last five or six years of the Flyers, and uh, I mean it's not right. There's a lot of other factors that go into the team. Not and exactly. As we've extensively covered all season, yeah. Claude Giroux is undoubtedly one of the best flyers of all time. He's up there in points for a reason. Yeah. He's up there. What is he? Number three or four in assists at this point. Like, I think so. And when it's all said and done, if he plays long enough and he has more successful seasons, he might, I mean, he might be like the second or third best ever. <laughs> if you're going to like, it's going to be like Clark and then it Barber. He, and then, yeah. And then I mean, yeah, I feel like if, I mean, if he wins a cup in his time, I think Drew might be pushing a uh, Barber territory. Like you would think you would have to think he gets past it, right? If he leads the team to a cup. Oh yeah. If he can lead yeah. the team out of this era of mediocrity to a cup. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as it is right now. I mean, look, the thing is, though, we're still witnessing one of the best flyers of all time, and uh, people love to take that for granted. And yeah. Look, stripping the C is... Look, the whole captaincy is a very silly thing. I'm going to be yeah. honest. It's a very silly thing. But these guys take that seriously, and right. stripping a guy of the C is a very, very serious shot across the bow that uh, yeah. you pretty much do when a guy's got a foot out the door or something like that, because they do not take that well. Yeah, yeah, we. I mean, I think we thrown it out there as the idea of we want to see off Drew not because he is a bad leader, but because we don't want the stupid fans to have the go-to option. Like, if anything ever goes wrong with the Flyers, it's just strip Drew of the city. Seems to be the common refrain right. among like fans that kind of tune in for five or six games or don't really pay attention. So it was always the if same he, thing with Lindros though. In the nineties, it was always, no, uh, it's always take it it's from always, Lindros. Give it to Brindamore, who by the way is now the coach of the Carolina hurricanes. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I mean, actually, you know what? Fuck. You want to talk about that now? Well, honestly, to... that's, that's my comment. Uh, Rob Brindamore uh, is the coach of the Carolina hurricanes and he has many muscles. 
Rod the bod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bod. Um, I do want to say though that they, Drew was also uh, snubbed for the the heart was the other thing. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit right there. That's a whole yeah. bunch of bullshit. And I've I've railed against it. Like, look, Taylor Hall obviously had a great year. Obviously, was one of the key reasons that Jersey was even where they were. But Claude Giroux scored more points. Claude Giroux had just as great of a year, if not better. What the hell? Like, yeah, what the I, hell? I think all three of the guys that uh, the three guys that were nominated were Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, and Ansel Kopitar. McKinnon, get... tremendous, and Colorado had a hell of a bounce back year from their disaster. Yeah, I get. I, I think the Kopitar, like, who gives a shit? So who gives I, a shit about Anze Kopitar? Get out of here. I think it's because I'm trying to break it down. I guess this like, was like how a are you goofy have year. Kopitar over uh, Kucherov. This was a goofy year when it came to MVP voting. I guess there was not really a clear cut guy, and it seemed to be that the push was towards guys that had a ton of points compared to their teammates, which all three of these guys fell into that category. So I guess that's why. Of course, the one year that Giroux has a MVP-type season is the year where nobody can really decide what they want in the MVP, so he gets he gets cut out. But I think Kopitar had, like, 20 or 30 more points than the next closest guy to him. Hall had, like, 35, I think. And McKinnon had a decent amount more than Mika Rantanen. So I think it was... I think that's what it came down to. It's just annoying because Claude Giroux had over 100 points on a playoff team that really didn't have any other superstars. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's the same exact situation, but the guy is the second most points in the league and the, uh, the most points for a guy for a team that actually made the playoffs and no respect at all. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's what it comes down to is he really, he really doesn't get a lot of love across the league. I feel like uh, he doesn't get know, love in the fan base or across the league. So pretty much nowhere. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's great. Rod, Rod Brennan real quick, though. Uh, did you hear the quote that uh, Tom Dundon? Oh, I love this guy. This guy is already my favorite owner in the NHL. <laughs> Craig, you might not know this, but Tom Dundon wants to win and not lose games. I hope just... you don't know what this quote is yet. Because I don't. I don't. I'm so excited. God. Okay, so with keeping that joke in mind, this is the exact quote. Sorry, you ready? Um, via Kane's country, uh, quote, I've come to the conclusion that strategy is pretty overrated. I don't believe the strategy differences are as important as getting the right culture and the right attitude. I think Brindamore gives us the best chance to get the most out of our players. End quote. I love this so, guy. I love pretty this guy. Much, pretty much screw the X's and O's. Get me some grit, baby. And I think... <laughs> I don't agree with... I mean, I don't agree with the whole strategy thing. I, this is I should, a, a great scenario to maybe throw in that, you know, remember the AT&T commercial where they're asking all the kids what they want and the girl goes, why not both? This is yeah. exactly a why not both situation. Why not get yourself a guy <laughs> who knows his X's and O's and, in, and can implement a new and innovative strategy and also can instill a, a nice, fine culture amongst his his players. No more beards, guys. Let's shave. That's a culture right there. Man, wear suits on the plane. That's a culture. That'll make you play hockey better. Yeah. So, so Brenda Moore, uh, the grit, the heart and grit uh, coach. And the I bod. Love Rod, love Rod the bod. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if he's the best guy for the coaching position. Also. Best non-captain named, in Flyers history. They named Don Wandell the 
Don Waddell, the uh, the new GM, the the former Thrashers GM. So, so it's the bod and the wad. <laughs> oh God, that that's got to be the title, right? <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. Okay. I'm writing it down now. <laughs> okay, good. Make a note of that. Uh, yeah, but I it's kind of confusing. It's, I feel like it's not a really encouraging time to be a, a, a Hurricanes fan because I has it ever been. No, but like they, I don't know. Like Bill Peters, at least it felt like he had the right system in place. There's just guys didn't score and goalies couldn't make save. They haven't. I don't know. I don't know if the Hurricanes have had a save, had a goalie record a save for the last like six seasons. Like they just every anybody that goes there is just a black hole of stopping pucks. And I, it's really hard to win regardless of what your system is. But Bill Peters was always top two or three when it came to Corsi four percentage for his team. Which I know that, you know... Shut up, nerd. Yeah, exactly. It's not everything, but it's kind of... Wasn't he unemployed for, like, half a day? Yeah, he... I think in the meeting, while they were firing him, he was making a call to the Flames and got hired by the Flames, so... And I think that... I I think we'll see... I mean, we'll see how good he is because he's going to implement the system I think he had with the Hurricanes, and he's going to take it to a team that actually has guys that can finish and a really good defense. Well, they had a really good defense in Carolina, but they also have a goalie who can make saves sometimes. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out there. But like Rod Brindamore, I feel like somebody said it in the the, the Slack channel today, and it's true. The Rod Brindamore move honestly feels like if when the Flyers move on from Hackstall, they're just sliding in LaPierre right in there. Like, that's what that move feels like. Uh, please, it no. It can't feel good, because I know how depressed I would be if that happened. <laughs> if we had to watch Haxtell uh, play your terror, you know, the terror in the top six next year, and then Haxtell's like, you know what? That's enough. And everybody's like, all right, fuck yeah. And he's like, Ian, get in there. <laughs> and everybody's like, all right, well, we're going to watch Ian LaPerriere turn his prowess on the PK management into the entire team's management and it's going to be really gross. You know, Lappy, you've been largely unsuccessful on the penalty kill, but you took that puck in the face one time. It was great. Get in there and be the head coach. Yeah. Like he, I I know they've already like said that none of the coaching staff is going to change. I really wonder if they don't, I I wonder if they just keep LaPerrier around as like a development coach, but they bring somebody else in for the PK. Like they can't, that would be one of the more baffling things ever. If they just look at that PK and they're like, all right, we are absolutely fine here. And I think Hexel says something to the effect of signing uh, like a, a guy that specializes in the PK this summer, which I'm fine with. Because that, looking at some of the free agents, that sounds like it could be Michael Grabner, which, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been talking about Grabner for a while. I, if they If they get Grabner... And then they get Athens save for like a, a pick or something, and cut ties with Weiss and Laterra. I think that the off season off season's fine to me. Yeah, because then the rest of the, the rest of the holes in the line are just going to be filled in by kids, and a bunch of the younger players are just going to be getting more experience, and you're going to improve the uh, overall team speed. Which, I mean, the Golden Knights, the Predators, and the and the Lightning are all on the verge or already in the conference finals. So you kind of need speed. The Golden Knights are literally just a team that is speed, and they don't sit back in the third period. And it's working out pretty well. Yeah, it's working out pretty well. 
I will say this. I'm going to say this about the Golden Knights because I I enjoy mocking people's bad takes as much as the next person. I feel like once the Golden Knights won and people were digging up the old tweets saying that the Golden Knights were going to be bad, couldn't get really couldn't really get down with that because. Do you remember a single person sincerely going, you know what? This team feels like a Final Four team to me. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Exactly. It was nobody. This wasn't like a – there's no division. There was no, did this team win the trade or did this team win the trade or is this team going to make the playoffs or not? Like the I think the best, the most positive outlooks I saw on this team were some people were like, hey, they could make the postseason. And that was it. Like, and end of state Jets, and then the Lightning beat whoever came out of Caps Penguins. I just think that's. And honestly, Lightning Preds or Lightning Jets is going to be an insane Stanley Cup final, which is like what the league should want because it may not have the sexiest names when it comes to like cities, you know, Nashville, Winnipeg, and Tampa Bay, but the product on the ice should be pretty insane. It should be pretty. Winnipeg it be plays a, a fun brand of hockey. I, you've got line yeah. a, who's one of the most dynamic scorers in the league and just Bufflin. Bufflin phenomenal postseason. He's hilarious. running dudes over. Yeah. He's killing kids. Hard on. Uh, killing way, kids. Have... I love that. That's like the advertising point for <laughs> Dustin Bufflin. He's killing kids. Yeah. He's, he's just annihilating kids. Scott Hartnell, by the way, has had a pretty significant impact in the uh, the Predators Jet Series. I don't know if you've seen that, but Laviolette's used him in two games in Winnipeg to kind of be like a physical presence, and he's uh, successfully done that, and they've won both games. I wonder if he. I don't know if Hartnell plays in Game Seven, but I feel like he. I feel like he might be after. I think he got benched in Game Five. The Jets walked over the Preds in Game Five, and then he came back for Game Six, and Predators shut out. Well, yeah, I think they shut out the Jets. Uh, last game so uh but like yeah if whichever team's not the west if it's one of those two teams i think it's just gonna be like a high-flying series it's gonna be like the like that blackhawks lightning series in 2015 was a pretty that was just an intense series to watch and it was pretty close throughout and it was just pretty much non-stop action like the scoring may have not been off the charts but there was just scoring chances left and right and it was just a lot of offensive creativity and a bunch of great goaltending. So it was uh, hopefully, hopefully that happens this time around. I just, I, as long as the Caps aren't in the Cup, I can actually enjoy the Cup this year, which yeah. will be the first time since that Lightning Hawks one. <laughs> Thanks, Caps. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, you've, you've you've done your part. You can you can go home now. I also don't know. Like, do you think? Do you think beating the Penguins? It's going to be a psychological thing where like now they are just they're just amped up and they're going to roll over the lightning. Or do you think it's going to be a thing where they, they're just, they're just happy with what they've done. And like, they could, they could care less what happens in this series. Like they no longer have the, uh, the stigma of not getting past the second round attached to their name. I never want to say a team doesn't have the drive to win the cup. I'm not going to say that, but I don't know if they're going to like, wow, we did it. Let's keep on track. Like, I think talent's going to win out. I think Tampa Bay is just that deep, that talented, that Washington's just not going to have that much of a chance. Yeah, I, I, I just, you're right. I, they had to really clamp down defensively last game, and that's against the Penguins team that the Penguins are great, but they only have three or four really good offensive players that you need to shut down, I guess. And I, I, you know, 
you know who we're talking about those names, but if a couple of them are injured and you shut down the other guy, then they're not going to be there, which happened in game six. But the Lightning, they, they're they just a really deep team. And their defense is really mobile and can jump up on the plate too. I just think it's going to be, I don't know, I think it's going to be too much. And I think Vasilevsky right now at this point in time has a better chance of staying on games than Matt Murray. <laughs> Man, Matt Murray had some had some fantastic misses in that series. That that goal on Shazon was just it. It was delicious. It was a it was a thing of beauty in my opinion. Nobody knew that one in either. Yeah, but it was a it was a good time. It's a good time. What do you think the you think the Penguins do anything drastic this offseason? You think they just come back with the same team? They're probably just come back with the same team. Yeah. I don't know how much they can really do. It's yeah. I think. I think I was looking at their cap situation today or yesterday. Uh, I, I think they, I think they are just going to roll with the same team next year, and then they have to figure out something with uh, Broussard, and then a bunch of their like I think like Rust and Shear are up. And think, the biggest like thing, that. the biggest thing I could see them doing is maybe bringing in a stable backup goalie after all the goaltending issues they had this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, because Jari and DeSmith. Well, Jari got hurt, and then DeSmith was like Casey DeSmith is fine, but I he I don't think he should be at the NHL level. Yeah, uh, he's also a piece of shit apparently, but that's that's a story for another time. Uh, yeah, I did want to. So let me quickly mention the Phantoms are in triple overtime against the Charlotte oh Checkers. So that game is still going on. That game is still going on. Uh, <laughs> And the, the Phantoms are getting drastically outshot. This is an amazing performance from Alex Lyon. Uh, as of seven minutes ago, it was 72 to 40 shots in favor of the checkers. Holy shit. This has been a weird series uh, because so the Phantoms, I think we haven't, we didn't really talk about the Phantoms two weeks ago, but beat the Providence Bruins three to one. Uh, first playoff series. The Phantoms have won since, 2007, 2008. Uh, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards, right? And Claude Giroux? No. 2007, 2008. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They would have been up at that point. Uh, yeah, 2008 may have been Giroux. I think Giroux was on that team. Uh, 2007, 2008, that was like, I I don't even remember. Like, John Kalinske was probably on that team. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys like that. Eric Wellwood was probably on that team, too. Uh but, okay, so beat Providence Bruins. They beat a, a New England team. Uh, and then they, in this series, series against the Checkers, they won game one, two to one. It's very normal score. Great carry scored with uh, a minute 43 left in regulation. Game two, lost 6 nothing. Nicholas Albi-Cabell had a another pretty shitty hit. Uh, hit to the head of Josiah Didier. Uh, his third suspension of the season. I think it's actually his third suspension since March. So he's just been he's been on a terrific tear here lately, uh, and it's worth it's kind of worth discussing what what to do with with this guy because he he's a pretty good player in terms of point production. He finished third, uh, tied with Daniel Sprong for thirty six points at five and five primary points at five and five. Uh, had forty six points in seventy two games. So a, a lot of his he didn't he had a fair amount of production and none of it came on the power play. So pretty important five and five player, which could help the, the flyers at some point. 
in time in the, the near future. It feels like he could be a middle six guy. Uh, but if he's going to keep taking these shitty hits, do you do you kind of do you, do you kind of deal with that and take those chances, or do you kind kind of move on from that guy? Because it's been because I mean three suspensions in one season is pretty. It's not great. It's pretty rough. Yeah, and I I didn't look into it. I don't know if he has a like a checkered past of like doing this kind of thing in junior or anything, but I don't know. That's you know if it's an emotional thing because I mean that was a six nothing game. And I think he did it late in the game too. That's can't, you can't really be having that in the NHL. No, no, you definitely um, can't. And especially in today's NHL, it's a yeah. game that's moving on from a lot of the big hits and the they still they're still out there. There's still hits and fighting. They just aren't to the degree that we used to have them. And I think you want to keep moving the game in that direction, not encourage that stuff, that Tom Wilson bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing is he, I mean, I, he, I don't, he does, he's not like a Tom Wilson type and he puts up a lot more points than Tom Wilson did at, at the junior level or in the AHL too. It's just, he, he can't really make excuses for it. If it's three times in a season, you could, you could make, there could be a stretch of an argument for twice in a season. But I mean, we're talking about a third time, and the third time came in the postseason. Like that's, like, what are you doing? Right, right. But, but um, and he, you know, he's a second round pick. You kind of want to keep that. You don't want to necessarily give him that guy either, I guess. Yeah, that's true. How, how far into the third overtime is it? So the last tweet update from the Phantoms account, five twenty nine left in the third overtime. Uh, no, okay, so the Phantoms are on a penalty kill with 3.52 remaining in the third overtime. That's pretty ridiculous. I wonder if that's... Uh, do, do you have any idea what the la- like the longest AHL game is? I have no idea. You, you none, have to, none. I feel like there's going to have to be some obnoxious one that went like seven overtimes. I feel like that's always how it works with like minor league sports. Like anything that happened at the the highest level, there's always like a more obnoxious version of that in like double a or like the EA, so EA ECHL or something like, I'm sure like the longest baseball game ever was probably some like double A team that played 33 innings, <laughs> like something just a box like that. Right. Right. Um, I'm not sure. I'll try and look it up, but I, I am not sure. I will say, one, however, I looked up the last Phantoms team to make the playoffs. Last one to make the playoffs was last year. Wasn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, win around was it that you said? Yeah, oh yeah, 2007, 08. Yeah. Okay, so, 07, 08. All right, who was the coach of that team? Um, was it Terry Murray? No. He's who near was? and dear to our hearts. Oh my god. I have no idea. Oh, Riley Cote. Nope, Craig Berube. Craig Berube. Riley Cote was still playing at that time. <laughs> he might Craig have been. Berube. Yeah, he, he might have been. Uh, all right, so on this team, you'll probably never guess this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Who was the leading point scorer on this was team? He, was he an NHL regular at any point? I don't believe so. 
Phantoms guy then. Like he was a Phantoms guy? Yeah, yeah. I would be shocked if you actually knew this. Boyd Kane? No. On the team, though. On the team, okay. Uh... Along with the lights of Daryl Powell, Alexander Picard. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oscars Bartulis, favorite of the show. Yeah, this is just like a graveyard of, like, wasted opportunity is what going through this roster is. I, I, Andreas I've, Nodal. I have no idea who would be number one. Jared Ross. Oh, Jared Ross, University of Alabama. Yeah. How Not did you know Jared. that? Because he scored a playoff goal the next year for the, the Flyers against the Penguins, and that's all they talked about was how he went to the University of whatever, uh, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, or whatever. Yeah. It looks like Drew was on the 08 09 fans. Yeah, I mean that makes sense too. I mean, Drew was on that was on that team that lost to the Penguins during the Carcillo series, like when Carcillo fought uh, Talbot. But he probably went down. He probably went down like uh like Lim Blom and Sanheim went down. Now Sanheim, by the way, uh, suffered a pretty bad knee injury. It sounded like I don't think he's come back yet. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Marin recently came back and he's been playing, so that's that's good news. Uh, who else is on that team, though? I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> oh, seven, oh, eight. Yeah. Just start rattling off names, I'll tell uh, you. Dude, it is. It is bad. Uh, Stefan Rudica. Uh, okay. Kyle yeah. Greentree. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ryan Patoni. All right. Jonathan or, Matsumoto. Oilers, great. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan uh, okay. Matsumoto. Yeah. The aforementioned Boyd Kane. Okay. One of the greats. One of the great phantoms of all time. <laughs> Peter Zingoni. Okay, I actually don't know that one. Picard. How? Yeah. Okay. Tr- Tristan Grant. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty bad for a while. Yeah. Darren Reed. Okay. Dennis Gauthier. Yeah. Den- yeah, Dennis, uh, he was traded, uh, traded to the Kings. Or, I forget what the deal was. I did a draft. Like, he was part of a trade that started, like, a string of draft pick trades that resulted, I think, in Jake Gensel going to the Penguins. And that started with Dennis Gauthier getting traded to the Kings for the Flyers. Like, a draft pick going back to the Flyers. Real fan favorite coming up here. Actual hockey player was traded for this guy. Steve Downey? Steve Downey. So, on that Phantoms team? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he had uh, five goals, 12 assists uh, for a total of 17 points and 114 penalty minutes <laughs> in 21 games. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Deshaun had a point. Maybe, yeah. Uh, you, you know, in Happy maybe Gilmore, the had a point. <laughs> you know, in Happy Gilmore, when they're talking about the time he, he took Set off his skate <laughs> and tried to stab somebody, I think of Steve Downey when I hear that scene. Yeah, that's definitely that feels like a Steve Downey thing. Well, that, the whole thing was. Do you know what the whole thing was with Steve Downey and like why he's so emotional whenever he goes to the rank? Why is that? Like, I, I'm pretty sure. Do you so listen pretty, to like? Uh, is he listen to Eminem on his way in? No, apparently, and I have to look this up because I I think I I think this was him, but apparently, like one day, like his dad used to drive him to practice. I uh, used to drive him to like the rink every day, and then one day they got into an accident, and like his like his dad like passed away because of that. Oh, so now I'm an asshole. 
No, so well, you had no idea what was coming with that story. <laughs> that, none. I mean, that was pretty open. Absolutely none. Yeah. So, but he, so like each time he goes to the rink, apparently he gets like charged up from that. I think that's a. He could also just you know be an asshole, but I think there's a. We're, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up to see if that's correct. But you, I'm pretty sure that's why. I was... You looked that up, and I'm just gonna mention. So Patrick Maroon played one game with the Phantoms this year. Okay. And. What what goalie started forty two games in net for those phantoms? Um, Johan Backlund. Nope. Um, I don't know. Brian Boucher. Oh okay. Oh really? Oh, huh. I did not know that. Oh. By the way, I just found it immediately. Downey's father, John Downey, died in a car accident in 1996 while driving Steve to a hockey practice. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, so. Maybe that's why Downey's a complete asshole when he gets to the rink. I don't know. He, I mean, he was he was psychotic when it came to a lot of stuff. I'll never forget that fight he had against Clarkson. I think I talked about him here before. Where like he, like clawed his eye, and then Clarkson was bleeding. And the rest of the fight was just Downey popping his head up to laugh and then avoiding Clarkson punches and then laughing at him the entire time. It was just he 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 was crazy. So I Yes. I'm sure other stuff went into it. <laughs> who was the who was the other goalie besides Boucher on that team? One sec. Scott Monroe. Oh, okay. I remember that name vaguely. I don't know. I don't know fucking know shit about him. But, uh, so is that game? Is the game still going on now? I wonder if we're gonna finish it is before through three overtimes. Holy shit, man! That's insane. Shots are currently seventy-nine to forty in favor <laughs> they got of the checkers. Shots. They they got like seven shots in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, they had a power play and they they killed it. But oh my God. Yeah. 79 shots. Alex Lyon is standing on his head. I'm pretty sure. Speaking of really long games, I'm pretty sure Michael Layton actually has the most saves like for any AHL game. And it was a loss in like four overtimes. I believe that's the case. Yeah. I'll look that one up too. I do want to talk about David Kashe because I wrote about him because the Flyers signed him to an ALC. Uh, and because I think he's going to be on the fans next year, but 21 year old four drafted in the fifth round of 2015 by the Flyers. He had nine goals and 14 assists for 23 points in 44 games this year for Mora IK in the SHL. Also helped then avoid relegation with three points in five games during the relegation round. Uh, he was somebody that I think people were excited at first when they drafted him because he should have gone higher. Then he kind of had a couple underwhelming seasons in the uh, Czech uh, Tip Sport Extra Liga for Priorati Chamotov. I think I'm saying that correctly, but nobody nobody will know. Nobody knows the name, the name of that team. Uh, they had a really loaded top six, though, so he wasn't getting a ton of playing time. So he only had 11 points in 62 games over two seasons. Uh, and he left because he wanted to get more playing time, and he kind of found that with a uh, pretty bad SHL team. And uh, Hextall was a pretty big fan of him. He had a quote of him back in March of 2016 where he talked about you know, how he's just kind of like a hardworking player and there's always a, a dog out there when it comes to like getting the puck and everything. And he's a smart player, stays on the right side of the puck, and for where they got him the draft, he's excited about the upside. 
And thinking of the Phantoms next season, so they're in this this game right now where they could potentially go up three one the second three one in the series in the second round. And next year they're gonna be adding probably Kashe, uh Carter Hart, Morgan Frost, Carson Torinsky, uh Connor Bunneman, and then possibly Wade Allison. And very, very long shot, Tanner Lazinski. I think Lazinski's already committed to going back to Ohio State. But, I mean, if they had Wade Allison, too, that's that's a lot of young, talented players coming in to already join what they have right now. So, fans could go even deeper next year, which is kind of crazy to think. And uh, with the signing of Kashe, I think the next... I don't know if he's the next one they're going to focus on because I don't even know if they want to sign up. But Anthony Salinitri needs to be signed by June first, or it becomes a he goes with the way of Samuel Samuel Dove McFalls and is just a uh, released as a free agent. Ah, oh. uh, yeah. And then uh, Terrence Amorosa and David Drake need to be signed by August fifteenth because they were collegiate players, and that is the deadline for them for reasons that we'll never know. Uh, junior update, real quick. And then we can uh, we can play the game I wanted to play with you. <laughs> uh, Carter Hart, WHL Goalie of the Year, WHL Player of the Year. First, first goalie to ever win three consecutive seasons as Goalie of the Year. Uh, I don't know what that means. Like, like I, because there's nobody to compare it to. And when you look at, you know, when you look at former WHL Goalies of the Year, it's not really a thing that just kind of turns out NHL starting goaltenders but i mean winning that award three years in a row is pretty ridiculous i don't think there's there's not anything else he could do at the junior level that could get you more excited about his potential uh i I think he's i think he's tapped out in that category now it's just moving on to see what he can do with the phantoms next year sure right now sure keep saying that (laughs) hey or the Flyers. I don't know. It's going to happen. I'm all on board for this now. I don't, I don't know if I talked about Kurt. this last time. You and Kurt. Me and Kurt. Kurt. We're, we're on this Carter the... Hart train. <laughs> I am 100% uh, on board for this. I, I'm so just fed up with the Flyers goaltending. It just, yeah, I want I, I want the future here now. I don't care if I'm being greedy. I want it. Well, so real quick, uh, going to uh, another thing in the notes, uh, the Caps signed Ilya Samsonov to a contract an ELC. Wanna talk week. to Samson. And he is gonna... <laughs> Well, I'm gonna give you a half fake theory here and you can tell me what you think of it. But he is gonna he could be with the team uh next season. He could be in a backup role. So leave the door open for possibly Brayden Hulpy or uh Philip Grubrow being traded and uh you uh you uh, kicking the tires on that for the Flyers? Somebody's throwing out that idea of Philip Grubauer getting traded to the Flyers. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not the first time I've seen Grubauer's name uh, associated with the Flyers this off season. I've yeah. got a guy who sends me cap friendly theories like once a day, but uh, <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, yeah. he, he's he's got some interesting one. He's all about Johnny Gaudreau right now. He really is all uh, for it. I'm like, it's not going to happen. Calgary's not going to give up Gaudreau. He is a <laughs> franchise player for them. Anything's possible, Steve. Anything two is two possible. first round picks, Wayne Simmons, uh, something else. I'm like, all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Carter, uh, the Silver Tips are down one nothing in Game Four. They're 
down two to one in the series. Carter has a nine twenty two save percentage and two shutouts through nineteen games so far in the postseason. I you know goaltending, it's I think it's just a weird spot for the Flyers right now. It's not the only need they have, and it's a it's annoying because when Elliot and Norvith are healthy, they are passable. Maybe you know not elite, but passable and. The big thing is you just don't know when or how long they're going to be healthy, which is a bad way to go about it. Uh, and then uh, I think, like, yeah, Bill Matz threw out the idea of Corey Crawford, trading for Corey Crawford, which is a good idea. But at the same time, Corey Crawford missed how many games this year? Like, he missed, like, half the season, I think. And I, I, I don't know if you want to keep adding injury-prone goalies to what the Flyers already have. It, it's not a matter of... I don't know. Like he, they need guys to actually play. They can't have Alex Lyon or Peter Morazic be stepping in because uh, their top two goalies went down and only played fifty games this year. Uh, you know, know that's like, the best way to juggle goalies all year, have emergency fill-ins as much as possible. That's the way to run a hockey team. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you get it done. <laughs> uh, in the OHL, a pair of Flyers or prospects are going up against each other. Uh, the Morgan Frost and the SSM Greyhounds are going up against Matthew Strom and the Hamilton Bulldogs. Bulldogs are up two to one at the moment. I believe Game Four is on or in progress right now, or it might be done already. I'll look that up real quick. Um, but uh, so far in the postseason, Matthew Strom has um. Four goals, 14 assists for 18 points in 17 games. Frost has 10 goals and 17 assists for 27 points in 21 games. And then the final uh, prospect still in action is German Rupsoff in the QMJHL. Uh, Katie Bathurst, Titan, taking on the Blainville Boys Briand Armada. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that, that second name correctly because that's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, Katie Bathurst, Titan is up two to one. I believe game four is also in progress right now. German Roofs off five goals, five assists, 10 points in 16 games. Um, oh, the, the germ. The the germ. The germ is infecting the, the QMJHL final. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, Steph will enjoy listening to that reference. Uh, the g- 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 the germ. Yeah, that, that might be the thing that people are most divided on uh, in the. Uh, on the, the Broad Street Hockey panel is whether oh, or not... When Broad Street Hockey Civil War comes about, it's all over the germ. Yeah, it's going to be whether or not this first-round pick from 2016 is going to be nicknamed the germ or not. That might never even see the ice <laughs> at the NHL level. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a thing that tears apart this website for a guy that may not even make the NHL. So, so, so. you were you were asking about longest overtime games in AHL history, and uh, Twitter has come through on this front. HLPR has tweeted this out. This game is uh, almost in the top five. It's moving up there. But the number almost one. Almost in the top five. Almost in the top five. Number one is actually the Philadelphia Phantoms. Oh, nice. Is it that, is it that game we were referring to? The, the Michael Layton one? Wasn't I'm, not, that I'm not sure. Uh, but it was uh, 4-24-2008 Philadelphia at Albany. That went. 8258 I think yeah I think Leighton was the I think Leighton may have been the goalie for the Albany River Rats I think I don't know I don't even know why the fuck I know that 
<laughs> I think that I think that's I think that's it. What the, uh, the Greyhounds won tonight in overtime, so that series is now two to two. All right, all right. So Houston, yeah, well, ha- eh, who cares about the rest of these matchups? But the the Phantoms are number one, eighty two fifty eight. Uh, the current Phantoms game uh, is the seventh longest currently, but is uh, could be rocketing up. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it could be uh, I mean, was it three overtime? So that's already sixty. They get through another overtime, they're they're gonna be put on. They're gonna be on the brink of uh. Oh my God! Ryan Fatone scored the game-winning goal in the fifth overtime. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at it now. You looked it up. Yeah, Philadelphia took an incredible 101 shots on goal in the game, and Albany's Michael Layton uh, made 98 saves. Imagine, Steve. Imagine making 98 saves and fucking losing. <laughs> it might be Alex or- Lyon tonight. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would. I don't even think I'd be pissed if that happened to me. I think I'd just walk into the locker room and be like, "Look, I did my job. I don't know what you guys did tonight. I did. I did my part." So if you guys could have scored another, if you guys could have scored a third goal in five overtimes, that would have been great. But I almost made a hundred saves, so I'm gonna go home and like sleep it off. I'll see you tomorrow. Tony Andrak just uh, tweeted out: Alex Lyon might need to make a hundred saves tonight. I'm being completely serious. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred and one shots on goal. That's absurd. By the way, Scott Monroe, your boy, uh, stopped 65. It's your boy, boy, Scott Monroe. I love Scott Monroe, you know, almost as much as I love Scott Lawton. It's just uh, the Scott love cast. (laughs) I cannot wait for that random guy. Random guy, if you're still out there, go ahead and comment again. We we like making fun of you. So, Um, (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Good night, good Thanks for the the sub. We assume you're subscribing. Uh, uh, okay, you want to play this game? I'm gonna. This might Let's be play my this favorite game. game. And, uh, but before we play this game, I just wanted to real quick. I tweeted out. I'm not sure what's gonna finish first: the recording of the cast tonight, or this Phantoms overtime uh, playoff overtime game. And uh, got a response from Tin Man Five Five Two said, "Please don't. I want to hear Craig get excited, then Steve cheer thirty minutes later." Uh, thus commenting <laughs> on the fact that you get to watch things on live TV while I am stuck in my basement watching on a stream and well, I'm always delayed. Unfortunately, they, we did not, we're not going to have the part of us watching the Sixers game. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a that, perfect example. <laughs> Craig had a good, I, what, minute or two on me for that one? Yeah, yeah. I think the only, the only two things I've ruined for you was the Dario Saric no look layup underneath the hoop. That which, was awesome. Again, I, that's a ballsy move in that time and situation to just look over that guy's. Yeah. And then also when Jalen Brown, I don't know who took the last shot there, but missed the uh, the free throw. Oh, no. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart missed the first of his two free throws. And then I tried to miss the second one and went in. And then fortunately, the Sixers didn't have another timeout. But well, sadly, seen... sadly, neither of us have a stream for this Phantoms game. So we're yeah, I'm just refreshing twitter until i get those updates but lay this game on me craig i'm excited steven uh this is a a penguins based game so i have six questions about the penguins uh i'm going to enjoy all of them and i'm hoping that you enjoy all of them as well uh so the first question 
is Andrew McDonald had more goals than which of these Penguins in the 2018 postseason? Phil Kessel, Derek Broussard, Connor Sheary, or all of the above? I'm going to go with all of the above. All of the above, Steve. Andrew McDonald had more goals than Phil Kessel this postseason. Again, <laughs> again, I need, I'm going to repeat that. Andrew McDonald had more goals than Phil Kessel in this postseason. I'm pretty sure Phil had a goal, his goal game against the Flyers, too, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, but that's still really it's sad. Still, that's not it's, good. It's not It's not ideal for a guy that you brought in and expect to be one of the three main offensive pieces. Uh, but Connor Shearer was mentioned in that that uh, question and Connor Sherry, who of course was the star at the 2016 postseason and wasn't totally a byproduct of just playing with Crosby, uh, had as many points as this flyer in these playoffs despite playing in twice as many games. Huh. Huh. So same number of points. He had two points. And he played in twelve games compared to this flyer's six total games. Oh okay, okay. I didn't realize I thought you were giving me a factoid. I didn't realize that was a question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, would you like a hint? If I give you the hint, it's going to give away the answer. Give me the give me the question one more time. So Connor Sherry had just as many points as this flyer in this in these playoffs. Okay, so he had as many points as this flyer. Yes. Connor Sherry. Uh, let's go with Travis Sanheim. Yori Laterra. Connor Sherry, who was getting a lot of love during the 2016 postseason. Oh, so much love. A lot of people thought that it wasn't just because he was, uh, you know, uh, taking all the scraps away from Sidney Crosby. Had as many points as Yuri Laterra in these playoffs. Yuri Laterra, who I don't think is an exaggeration, was one of the five worst players in the league this year. Certainly so. one of the five slowest players in the league. Oh, there's no getting around that. Although if it came I, I might the, take him out of the five, bottom five, though, just because of his uh, all-star play along the boards, of course. I was going to say, I, I didn't realize how much board play went in each game, though. I just realized that now. So, yeah, he might be able to top the bottom five. You know what? He did injure Malkin. I'm going to give yeah. him that. I'm going to give him that. It was completely by accident, but uh, it yeah, was, there was no, his no single most important it. contribution to the season. Was being slew-footed by Evgeny Malkin. 100%. Landing awkwardly yeah. on Malkin's leg. I think so, yeah. Is Some... Easily his best contribution. Yeah. Uh, Steve, my favorite question. Uh, Chris the Tang's positioning of sliding away from the net and into the end boards pretty hard on Kuznetsov series clinching goal was A, ideal, B, less than ideal, or C, not ideal for the Penguins. <laughs> C, not ideal for the Penguins. I'm going to say it wasn't ideal. I'm going to say his defense of getting beat for the breakaway by Kuznetsov I and would buying into the imports. I don't think Sullivan saw that and was like, you know what? Good play by the tank. No, so. no, I would say it was ideal for the Capitals. I say not Pretty ideal for the yeah. Penguins. It was ideal for me, who was watching the game at home laughing on my on my couch. Uh, I, I don't think it was ideal. It was not ideal for many of the Penguins players and most of their fans. Uh, so I think C is the correct answer. You know what? It could be any of the three, honestly. But I think C, if you're looking at it from a Penguins perspective, perspective i'm going for the logical perspective here uh quick note alex lyon up to 84 saves in this game yeah so he might be he might break these needs 15 more saves now <laughs> which is insane uh question number four 
This former Penguin leads the NHL in save percentage with 951 for goalies who have played four games or more in this NHL postseason. <laughs> that would be the flower, Marc-Andre Fleury. That would be Marc-Andre Fleury, Stephen. Very good guess. Marc-Andre Fleury, who used to be a member of the Penguins. Who used to and- be a member of the Penguins, but is now the most lamented former Penguin in the league and has four shutouts? I believe so, yeah. He he has uh, quite a few shutouts, and he's been maybe the most important team, uh, as maybe the most important player on one of the four teams still standing, or who will be still standing uh, after Thursday. Uh, and, yeah, he made some very timely saves, made some big saves when his team needed them. And uh, they could, the Penguins could have used a couple of big saves on Monday uh, in Game 6, which they lost uh, after Matt Murray uh, kind of let in a couple of leaky ones. But uh, Speaking of Flurry. Uh, how many times have the Penguins advanced past the second round since they've traded Marc-Andre Fleury? I I think this is a hard one, Craig, but I believe that would be zero? They have not made it past the second round since they traded Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm sensing a theme. I'm was not that a say trade, it. or was that a, a straight-up claim by Vegas in the expansion draft? I feel like there's something to the trade. I feel like it was a... Oh God! I think like the Knights got a second round pick, so they would keep. They would just flutter. I, I, I mean, I certainly consider Ryan, taking Ryan Reeves off of the Penguins' hands for nothing. To you know, out of just the grace of the good graces of their heart, uh, part of that trade because yeah. why else would a team do that? <laughs> why, why else? Ryan Reeves, who also got playing time in that last game against the Sharks, which who knows? Uh, who knows why? But we'll we'll die not knowing. Uh, and then Steve, my last, my last one, uh, which I, I altered the question because I didn't want to start anything. But the the last question here is, uh, which of these things happened more during the year 2018? Uh, the number of Stanley Cups the Penguins won, or the number of Super Bowls that the Eagles won? I believe that would be the number of Super Bowls that the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions of the NFL and the World Champs. Uh, have won. Yeah. Uh, the Nick Foles uh, helped beat uh, a team whose fan base, uh, you know, just loves Aaron Baines and just doesn't like Joe Ombi for reasons that we don't know. Wes Welker. Yeah. And... Wes, it can't stand Adam Jones. Don't Can't put a finger on why I don't like Adam Jones. Uh, probably hit a PK Subban. We don't know why. They're probably glad they traded Malcolm Subban. We don't know why. But we'll, I, I don't we'll know never... what you're getting at. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm getting at either here. It's just all coincidence. So that was the game. I hope you enjoyed it. I really had fun drawing it up. Uh, it, it was a good time. I enjoyed. I just probably I think, the most enjoyable game of the season, just because uh, it, it was an opportunity to revel in the Penguins' complete and utter failure this year. Yeah, losing think, to the Washington Capitals, who were just so bad in the playoffs that. Yeah. Most of the banners in their stands, most of the banners in their rafters are dedicated to meaningless division and president's trophy wins. Oh, God. Do you think Leonsis is just going to have, like, even if they get swept by the lightning, he's just going to have it painted into the ice that they got past the second round? Like, in between the blue lines where the like the center ice logo should be, it should, it's just going to be big words that say, got past second round. <laughs> Beat Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> beat Crosby, reach conference final. Like that's just all it's going to say on the ice. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could totally see it. <laughs> yeah. So. F- fun fact from Dave Isaac, Alex Lyon tonight with his 84 saves 
has more than any Flyers goalie had in the entire playoff series against Pittsburgh. Brian oh, Elliott right. had 83. I mean, yeah, Brian Elliott didn't have a good playoff series. <laughs> that makes sense. He had 83 saves in the entire series. Alex Lyon has 84 tonight. Now, now I just want to make this clear. In no way, shape, or form will I be coming out and saying that Alex Lyon should have been the playoff starter for the Flyers because he oh. should not have been. He would have gotten slaughtered as well as anybody. Just the way yeah. the Flyers played, nope. Any goalie yeah. in there was getting slaughtered, but especially the guys the Flyers have. Yeah, that, that was a series where, I mean, you know, Elliot, man, Elliot didn't really help his case, but it wasn't all Elliot. Elliot was letting in some beach balls, let's be honest. But, oh, uh, he was, yeah. Actually, Lyon, no, actually, that was Kessel's goal. I remember that now. That his, The goalie let in the Kessel was pretty bad. Kessel should have had zero goals this postseason. Yeah, so thank, thanks for nothing, Brian Elliot. Yeah, I, that was a game. That was game four. He let in a pretty soft goal to Kessel and make it two nothing. But Alex Lyon wasn't going to be your difference maker in this series. The no, Flyers were losing this series flat out. They were 100% going to lose this series no matter what. And I think it's very telling the tears in the playoffs that, you know, you had your Washington and Pittsburgh, and then you had your Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Columbus clusterfuck. And <laughs> n- notice what happened to Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, have very short-lived uh, playoff experiences. Right, and but th- uh, that's because I think they're all pretty similar at this point, talent-wise. Like I they're think, not yeah, really. I think they are. They're all around I... the same level, and look, Pittsburgh's a, a obviously a deeper team as far as having offensive talent. Even if uh, Phil the hot dog, Phil, uh, Phil the landfill, did not have a, a great series. Phil the landfill, Phil Kessel. I like the idea of using the name twice, the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Phil the hot dog, Phil Kessel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, speaking of those three teams, the Blue Jackets, the Devils, the Flyers, how would you rank them going into the next season? Who do you think is going to be the best? Who do you think is going to be the worst team? I think, Again, I, I think they're all even, but who are you thinking? I think in Blue Jackets, Flyers, Devils. I think the Devils are going to be the worst. I feel like the Devils... I think the Devils were an anomaly this year. I, I think the Devils are going to be hitting that nice Ottawa Senators regression next year. Maybe not to the point where the owner is going to say they're going to start moving the team if they don't sell tickets kind of level, but... Maybe they won't talk about openly trading their player because he charged too much to an Uber, their star player. Yeah, something like that. Which, I say this now, and then they're going to trade for Carlson after the season's done, so... If they uh, get know, Carlson... But, Oh God! Yeah, it's gonna, I didn't even well, think about that disgustingness. If that happens, I am just gonna vomit in my mouth. Well, if they get Carlson, then they'll have two good players on that team, and they might be, you know, look out, <laughs> <laughs> look out the postseason. Yeah, uh, I'll give him Nico Hishier. That's a uh, that's two. And no, Hishier is good, and they do have like a bunch of like like Coleman and Miles Wood are like fine supporting players. Feels we'll like butcher. a bunch of middle of the road prospects. Yeah, Will Butcher was pretty good on the def- on the blue line too. Uh, but no, that I, I said, uh, I mentioned it before, but I think Dave Lozo summed up pretty nicely where the Penguins are three to four really, really elite, all world talent guys, and then the rest of the roster is just small guys that can skate. Guy, 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 yeah, guy. The, to reference, Devils, I think that was Travis's uh tweet yeah, when they that, got yeah, Kessel, yeah, RIP Travis, uh, RIP Travis, yeah. uh, but that the Devils are the Penguins without Crosby, Malkin, 
Castle. Like they, you take all those players and you just put in Taylor Hall, and that's the Devils. Like they're all guys that are, I think they all post pretty decent possession numbers, but you wouldn't expect them to generate a ton of offense. But they will still kind of dictate play it. They could dictate play at five and five. Like I feel like that's just that's what the team is. And if you don't have those guys that you need, they they're not going to be that great, which is what they were this year. I just feel like they weren't. They, I think they kind of got dominated though when it came to like expected goals for. So like I'm not. I don't, I don't know. They also did you know Corey Schneider like didn't have a win from December to the postseason? I think it was something obnoxious like that. I didn't, but it really like sounds right. Hurt. Yeah, like he was hurt for a while, and then in the twelve games he played, he just didn't get a win. Uh, so it, he went like a good chunk of time without getting the win, and they've relied on. I think that's why they went with Kincaid in the postseason, but it's still. They, I guess them and the Caps were really in a weird position. Because, like, going into the postseason, Grubauer did have a legitimate argument to start. Like, he was a better goalie when it came to high danger save percentage. And he, like, hopefully just, hopefully was like a 909, I think. And then now he's, I mean, now he's kind of turned around the postseason. It's come up big. And and the Caps have kind of limited chances against, too. But speaking of the Caps, I've, there's only like a couple more notes for around the league here. Uh, the Samsonov thing we touched on. Nathan Walker became the first Australian to play and record a point in the NHL postseason. Uh, Andre Perakovsky is traveling with the team now. Uh, he hasn't played a game since game two of the round against Columbus. And then uh, speaking of the Devils, I was, they had a few injuries to talk about. Taylor all had surgery. On April 30th, to repair torn ligaments in his left hand, Corey Schneider had surgery to repair, repair a torn cartilage in his left hip, and then Patrick Maroon had surgery to repair a herniated disc in his back, which I think Taylor Hall also needed surgery to repair his back as well because of the load he carried this year. Oh, oh. So, what I'm saying. Doctor says right. Taylor Hall needs a backyotomy. <laughs> Classic case of the back stuff. That's what he needs. He needs to get that figured out. Uh, uh, quick Phantoms update. Uh, 6.55 left. Still going. 6.55 in the fourth overtime? Yes. I, they, they, you, they'd have to put, they just have to put this on TV somewhere now, don't they? I, you'd think. Yeah, like they'd have to be like, look, it's minor league hockey. We know... 95% of people don't care, but look at how long this game is. I feel like that's what they, they just have to do that at this point. I'm about to go begging for a stream on Twitter or something. I I know. I I think somebody was telling me that we get that channel. The uh, We're out here in Warminster, the uh, channel 69, which is very nice. It's that not also. on there, though. I, I looked. Well, actually, I got to double check. It might, I didn't see it on there when I checked earlier. So, Yeah, Damn. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know if we talked about the Flyers getting officially getting picks 14 and 19, but I think that's going to be uh, a big topic for the upcoming weeks. And, you know, we'll we'll follow the rumors and, you know, debate whether the Flyers should trade or whatever with those picks. But it's a good position to be in where you have two uh, mid first round picks. Yeah, I, it, they sounds like they could have leverage in making a deal to acquire an NHL-ready guy and also be able to also draft the player in the first round. So it's hopefully the, the benefits of making that Braden Shen trade come home 
uh, in this at this draft. But we'll see. Trade them both for the negotiating rights for Tavares right now, and yeah, call it a day. Call it a day. And... That Johnny, Johnny, JT, my man, just come home. We, you know, you want to come home, just JT, bro. Bring him home. Come on, bro. There, are, there, are, there are pretzels and cheesesteaks waiting, waiting at home for you here. We got water ice. We got everything you need. Just, just come on home. Ignore the fact that we actually call it water ice. That's just a regional <laughs> dialect. It's fine. I mean, you've but been you dealing with Long Island for so that. long. You know, it's... He, kn- he knows that, though, because he's from here. So he's. he's oh, yeah, it. of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. JT, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Does this guy say what's up? All right, I'm going there. there uh, go. I'm cool with that. All right, cool. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, happy day. The Penguins are out of the playoffs, so we can enjoy the rest yeah. of it in peace. And yeah, well, most of it. Uh, I'm Honestly, I'm my my worst case scenario is done. I I didn't live in the Washington area, so I don't have no that no no. I, I know. that's why that this, you do. These these Caps Penguins series have been a weird. I've only been rooting for mayhem. Like the like game one was fun to me because Caps fans were upset because of the way they lost, and then game three was fun to me because of how the Penguins blew it late and. But I, the, the Cavs winning is definitely the better option. It's just now I, like I need the Cavs to not win two more series at all. Which is, I mean, pretty good odds they won't. Uh, but you know, it's still a possibility, which isn't the best. They're certainly but, not facing the Senators in the conference finals. No, they are not. They are facing quite the opposite. So I, I think that's a positive. They, they should be the underdogs going into the series, which, uh, which is good news. Welcome news. Officially now, uh, update from Tody Androck. Uh, officially now, the second longest game in AHL history. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna, they, they might do it. They might do it. Uh, sadly, they are going to outlast us uh, unless they score right now. But uh, yeah. it was a fun That's ride. That's insane. This is this could be one of those like series determining games, even though it's only game four. Like, right. This could be like. But I game. mean, it's either the checkers tie it up or the Phantoms go up three one, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like if you lose a, this game, it's kind of demoralizing, is it not? You lose a game that goes on forever. I don't know. Like, they, like the one the when Primo scored that five overtime goal, wasn't that game four, two to tie it up two, two? And the Flyers just walked over the Penguins at game five and six. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things, like, if you lose a five overtime game, you wasted all that time for nothing. <laughs> right, right. You're just, oh, I feel like God. it's just like a deflating thing. It yeah, is we'll extremely that. deflating. And if the Phantoms lose this one uh, after Lion made that many saves, that's that's a killer. Yeah, he's got to go to the hospital and get fluids in him or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 can't, he can't be healthy right now. No, he can't be. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Phantoms are going to outlast us, though. But uh, good luck to them. Hopefully they win. I, I hope to keep talking Phantoms hockey for a few more weeks. Yeah. And I think once they get to the finals, that's stream for free. So that'll be fun. But, uh, Oh, I don't know that. I don't know. I, I, I might've just been looking at like a previous year. Who, who the heck, who the heck knows with NHL? <laughs> I have no idea, but, uh, if you have any feedback, best places on social media, you can reach Craig at sports are bad. And well, outside of, uh, uh you know, there's, it's a little, give some, take some, uh, I'm, I'm, Six, I'm gonna, Sixers losing bad. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Penguins we're losing on good. Philly teams. We're, we're focused on Philly teams around here, so I'm going to say right now, my defense is we're, we only want to see the number one priority is Philadelphia teams win, so I'm going to say it's still bad right now. That's my – I have to defend my brand. You know this. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that. Yeah. 
if you'd like to reach out to me, you can reach me at the Fly Purpley account or at Estebaum. Uh, be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. Follow or like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. And if you have any long-form thoughts, uh, shoot us an email at flyperverly at gmail.com. All right. All right. So Alex Lyon is up to 87 saves, and we are done with the podcast. So thanks for That's listening. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Thanks for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig. Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>